to think about these neighborhoods, much less see them from the window of a train or a car. By the time most American students get to college and take courses in ethnic studies, they learn that what ails American Indians is their history. Indians as decades, centuries of victimization at the hands of whites are only being compounded by non-Indians' perpetual insensitivity, and if only we could somehow return Indians to their state of nature, pre-contact, professors tell students, Indians would be saved. Barring that, though, there's little we can do. This kind of education tends to lead people to two conclusions. The first is that America should give Indians as much money as possible from the federal coffers. It's only fair that the nation make good on its promises to provide for them. And really, it should do more than that. It should offer some kind of reparations for the harm inflicted upon Indians by westward expansion, by wars, by racism, and by the reservation system. The second is that we should make sure that American Indians don't have to continue to suffer the indignities of having their culture mocked or degraded. So, we should seek out any form of the old way of thinking about Indians and eradicate it. To deal with the question of money first, the two primary agencies charged with overseeing the activities of the roughly one million Indians who live on reservations, the Bureau of Indian Affairs, BIA, and the Bureau of Indian Education, BIE, both part of the Department of the Interior, have a total of 9,000 employees. That's one employee for every 111 Indians on a reservation. According to a report from the Cato Institute, federal funding for these agencies' various subsidy programs, which cover programs for education, economic development, tribal courts, road maintenance, agriculture, and social services, was almost $3 billion in 2015. About $850 million of this is the BIE's share for providing for its 42,000 students. Most children on reservations don't attend BIE schools, which amounts to about $20,000 per pupil, compared to a national average of 12400 But that's not all. As the report from the Cato Institute notes, aside from the BIA and BIE, many other federal agencies have subsidy programs for American Indians. The Department of Health and Human Services houses the Indian Health Service, which has a budget of about $4 billion. The Department of Housing and Urban Development runs the Native American Housing Block Grant Program, which has a budget of about $800 million. And the Department of Education spends more than $300 million a year on BIE schools. What have American Indians gotten for all this money? Not much, it seems. It's not just that the education these children receive is deplorable. The BIE can't even keep the buildings from falling down. As John Klein, a Republican congressman from Minnesota, explained at a hearing in May 2015, You've got collapsing roofs, leaking roofs, buckling floors, exposed wires, popping circuit breakers, gas leaks. That's totally unacceptable. He noted, 
You can't be well-educated, in my opinion, when you're attending school wearing your coat, wearing your mittens, and hoping that the blanket keeps out the 30-degree below zero air. Klein is right, but most observers seem to agree it's largely a problem of management, not money, that has gotten the BIE to where it is today. The agency is on its 36th director in 33 years. To address the crumbling infrastructure, in the budget for 2016, the Obama administration asked for $1 billion for the BIE. But if the past is any guide, it's unlikely that things will change. As for sensitivity to the cultural and historical plight of Indians, what we teach our children in schools typically is the history of white encounters with Indians over a hundred years ago. A study by Sarah Shear, a professor at the University of Missouri, found that...